0: Alright, well let's dive right into it. Are you ready? Say yes. yes. Oh man, you sound good. So this is part three of a series that we're in called $3 Worth of God. $3 Worth of God. I got the title from a poem. Let me read this poem to you. I would like to buy $3 Worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like... Three dollars worth of God, please. You know, there's a, a passage in the Bible, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. It's in John chapter 4. But Jesus walks up to a well, and there's a Samaritan woman there. And she has what I call three dollars worth of God. She believes in God. She is not an atheist. In fact, she believes in the same God that her ancestor, J, uh, ancestors starting from the line of Jacob, believed in. But she had knowledge of God. She had no relationship with God. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, it says, many will, uh, actually, it's not 24, verse 12. Um, uh, Oh yeah, uh, it's it's not the address, but I want to give you the verse anyway. I can't remember the address, but it says, many will honor me with their lips, but their heart will be far from me. This is this woman right here. Her heart was not close. She had no relationship. She just had knowledge. And she said these words, these exact words in in verse, um, let me see, 26. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And throughout that conversation... She began to go from just having knowledge of God to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And what she did, it was so amazing what she did, is she's looked at Jesus and she said, just wait right here. Can you imagine? Jesus, don't move. Like, if he comes to your house and he rings the doorbell, you're like, don't move. I'll be right back. Like, I don't know about you. I'm not taking my eyes off off of them, right? It's like, okay, I've been I've been talking to you with, without seeing you for my whole life. I, don't move! Like, come here, come here, come here. Follow me, follow me, right? This is what she did. She says, "Don't move," and she runs down to the village. And she's like, "You got to come with me. I just found who we've all been waiting for." And so she says,
1: "Come on, come on,
0: come with me." When I when I was thinking about this passage. I was reminded of a, a, a book that my dad used to read me called Snow Lion growing up. And uh, raise your hand if you've ever heard that story of Snow Lion.
1: Nobody this
0: is up there with Dr. Seuss. Like, this is big. Anyway, uh, Snow Lion is a, is a story about a, a lion who is living in the jungle. And it is hot. Like Phoenix, Arizona hot. I was there last week. 114 degrees. That's not normal, people. And so the lion says to the other animals, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go find some cool weather. And so he leaves. And he goes. And then all of a sudden, as the story unfolds, he, he walks for miles and miles, hours and hours. And he's so tired he can't walk anymore, so he lays down. He wakes up in the morning freezing. And he's like, what is going on? And he looks around. There's white fluffy stuff everywhere. And so he actually took a backpack with him. And so he he takes the backpack and he, un, he undoes it. And he goes, I've I got to show my friends. And so he takes this bottle and he fills it up full of this white fluffy stuff because it, 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 it it was light and fluffy, had no smell, uh, had no taste. Big, long, six-foot tongue. Uh, he says, I got to go show this to my friends. And so he takes the, the bag and he... However, they walk around. R- 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 um, no, Savino! Nagishi so my daughter would be so proud. And so he's off and he's like, you guys got to see this. I found some white fluffy stuff. And he goes, check this out. And it's full of water. And he's like, this is not cool. So he's like, don't move. I'll be right back. So he takes off again. About right here, he finds his own his old pillow, he lays down, it's like it comes down at night and it goes away during the day, and he didn't know that the sun made it dry, but he's like, Oh my goodness, oh my god, here it is! He bottles it up again. He comes, but this time he put a lock on his back. You ever notice those things in life? As much as you want to give it away, people have to experience it themselves. Right. Yes. Are you with me? Say yes. And so he comes back, he's like, exactly what the Samaritan woman was. She was like, you got to
1: come over, he's over at the well, get up.
0: Come check it out yourself. So he pulls out the bottle again, and you guys already are ahead of me. And he's like, ah. He goes, enough of this, enough, 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 enough. Come with me. And so here comes the elephant. And they all go and miles away, and they wake up the next morning, and sure enough, they find this white, fluffy stuff. They roll it around, and they can make balls, and it packs together, and they can throw it at each other. And what's so amazing to me is that everybody in the village, when the Samaritan lady went back, everybody was welcome to come. When the lion went back, everybody in the jungle was welcome to come. But it required saying yes to the invitation. That's right. Amen. If I invite all of you to dinner today, the, uh, the, it's, oh, we're only having hamburger and helper, but we're... <laughs> hamburger and helper, that's what I call it. You're all welcome to come over, but you have to decide whether or not it's even worth it, whether you're interested. But one thing's for sure, the invitation is there. In Revelations chapter 3... Verse 20, he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, see, there's a difference between knocking and saying, open. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with them and they will dine with me. Some people have no idea what it's like to dine with God, no idea what a personal appointment is like. You cannot have a relationship without meeting with each other. You just can't. Some people have no idea what it's like to just close the door of their room and say, God, you know I'm not very good at praying, so I'm just going to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. See, the effectual fervent. James chapter 5 verse 16. The, accept, the fervent, the effectual fervent. God is not interested in eloquency. He's interested in fervency. I love you, God. Sometimes that is the best prayer you will pray all year long. I love you. 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 It's not creative, but it's coming out of my heart. I love you. I love you. That is accepting the invitation. Accepting the invitation is not asking yourself if you feel like it. Accepting the invitation is saying, I'm hungry for it. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm coming after it. It's accepting the invitation. Hear this invitation. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me. You're going to find me. Can you hear the invitation? In Jeremiah 27, uh, verse, verse 4, he says this. He goes, if, no, 29, 29, verse 4. He says, if you, if you uh, how's it go? I'm sorry. I, I got ahead of myself. 29, 13. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your heart. I've prayed so many times. I don't know how to search for you with all my heart. So here it is. I love you. I love you. That's right. Jeremiah 33.3. Three. Call to me. Can you hear the invitation? Call to me. So many people want a relationship with God, but their jaw is locked shut. You know why? Because he feels so far away that getting one word out of your mouth is so hard to do. I so, Frankie, you can explain that pretty clear. Yeah, because I feel it. I, can, I feel that. When he feels far away, it's hard to get one word out. But even still, the invitation is there. He says, call to me. I will hear you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. And so when you don't know what to do, that's the time that he's saying, call me. And what I've learned is that if you can get one word, not even a sentence, if you can get one word out of your mouth, it, he goes from feeling like he's on the other side of the universe to he's closer to you than the shirt is on your back. And what's so interesting is that what is available is it's so hard to describe. That's why the Samaritan woman said,
1: you got to come over here. I can't even tell you what he's like.
0: He's got a beard. Just come with me. The, the snow light, I can't explain it. It's fluffy. You just got to There's some things you cannot put into words, but the Bible gives hints. He gives hints. He says this in Second in Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. Watch this. May you have the power. Everybody say power. power. On three. One, two, three, real loud. Everybody participate. One, two, three. Power. Say it again. One, two, three. Power. May you have the power to accomplish what your faith is compelling you to do. So a lot of times you have faith to pray for someone, and you do, and nothing happens. May you have the power to accomplish what your faith is compelling you to do. The name of Jesus alone, just that one word will work a miracle. But there's something about having a relationship with him. And in the process of having a relationship, there is an endowment of power. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Behold, I place upon you the promise of the Father. Go to Jerusalem and wait until you are endowed with power. He said that to his disciples who already had faith. There's something special. Special or something powerful available. He was not playing games when he said in John chapter 14, verse 12, when he says, if you believe in me, you will do the same things that I have done. That wasn't a misprint. That wasn't a misprint that is available for people who accept the invitation that is available for people who accept the invitation. There's a reason why. We've had so many miracles and healings here. Since November, we've had over 300. There's a reason why, because there's enough people here that's saying, I still believe you do it. I still believe you move. I still believe your name has power. I still believe the Bible is real. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cherry pick. I still believe it's real. If you believe it's real, say yes. I would like for uh, Rachel to come up here because she had an experience during our worship night a couple weeks ago. That was so phenomenal. Rachel, where are you at? Um, Give her a big round of applause. Make her feel welcome. Every Sunday, every Sunday, people get healed here. Every Sunday. Not everybody gets healed. We're not God. We can't make a healing happen. Sometimes somebody gets healed the 77th time we pray for them. But every Sunday people get healed. And the only thing I ask is that if you get healed, you tell us about it. You email the church and tell us about it. Monday morning is my favorite day of the week. See, if you don't give glory to God, you are stealing his glory. If I try to take credit for people getting healed, I'm stealing his glory. Nobody is allowed to touch his glory. You have to give it, and I need to stay away from it. Everybody say, that's good. Tell tell everybody your story, Rachel.
2: First off, what a blessing to come to a church that expects miracles every single week, am I right? Um, So this is just a little side note. It's important. I actually graduated from uh, college with a kinesiology degree in sports medicine, and I wrote my final thesis paper over vestibular rehabilitation. Um, So I had the knowledge and the tools um, and I knew how to combat vertigo, if you will. Um, but it was an, it's an incurable disease. They have no fix for it. Um, and three years after that, I had my first vertigo bout. Um, I was clinging to the walls. I was vomiting. I, you know, crying. I had no control over my body. Um, it completely altered my life. Um, and last Wednesday, I was standing here, and Pastor Frankie said, start provoking it. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've done in a long time. Why would I bring this upon myself? But I said, okay. I started doing it and all of a sudden I felt it coming on. But in that moment, from the top of my head all the way to my toes, I've never been slain in the spirit, but if that was it, I want to experience it again. Um, I completely fell back. My mom caught me and I left here and I was thinking, Am I healed? Am I really healed? The Lord spoke to me. He said, You're healed, and you're going to confess that. Start proclaiming that over your life. So now I have been laying completely back. Um, I was unable to do that. I had to sleep at an incline. I had to sleep on the couch. So now I'm completely healed, and my life has been given back to me.
1: I
0: love it. I love it. You know, so many people come to church here for different reasons. But what we've seen over the last few months is that it has become incredibly obvious that you are not coming here to hear some bald-headed Italian speak. And as great as the band is, you're not getting up early on a Sunday morning and giving up your day off to hear the band. You're coming with the hope and with the expectation of having an encounter with God. And, and I want you to know that we're going to make time for that right now. Right this minute. And a lot of you are going to get healed. Some of you will get physically healed. In order, what, what I've seen, and it happens so many different ways, is if you try to provoke physical healing. In other words, if you have a pain, if you have arthritis in your hand or your elbow, and you start moving it to try to provoke the pain, what we found is that it begins to go away. And so as silly as you may feel, I would challenge you, don't care about anybody standing around you. You're the one that has to live with that pain. In a moment, we're going to stand up, and I just want you to try to provoke it and watch it go away. It happens every single time. Sunday. But for whatever reason, see, if you could see my notes and you can in your app, I don't plan this part of the service because I have no idea what God's going to do. But for whatever reason, I've just got a heavy heart for people that have a broken heart. Your heart is broken. You need a healing in your heart. Now, in full transparency, I get most excited about physical healings because it was so, it's been so long since I saw them, and then all of a sudden, in the last nine months, they happen every single week, and so it gets me excited. But if you have a broken heart, there's nothing more lonely than being in a bed with a person that doesn't want to be in bed with you. There's nothing more devastating than having somebody that you trusted hurt you. It's hard to ever trust again. I want to let you know that the Spirit of the Lord is here. And He's going to touch many of you. And you will feel His presence. You will recognize His presence. I'm going to tell you what it feels like. In Job chapter 4, verse 26, Job says, I felt the presence of God graze me across the face, and my hair began to stand up on end. Rachel didn't experience that. Instead, she felt this heat come on her. Other people feel a chill. Other people get emotional. You can start getting emotional. I don't know. Sometimes you don't have any physical sense. You just know. You're as sure as four plus two equals six. You know. We're going to let God begin to move in this place right now. Would you stand to your feet for me, please? Would you just raise your hands right where you're at? Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you, Holy Spirit, I love you. Would you just say that with me? I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. Lord, if I were in heaven, I would participate with the angels. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, the angels are shouting. They say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. Lord, we're saying that right now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The glory fills the earth. Your glory fills the earth. Lord, we love you, Jesus. If at any point in the next few moments you feel compelled to come down at the altar and stand and raise your hands, you're more than welcome to do that. In James 4.8, it says, if you come close to me, I'm going to come close to you. Some of you may feel compelled to do that. But this morning, while I was in my office, I started singing this song. It's an old song. I'd like for the worship team to help me sing it. Many of you may know it. But I want you to block everyone out around you. I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to raise your hands. There's no hype here. If God moves, then he moves. I can't make a move. You're too smart. I can't pretend like he's moving and he's not. You're too smart for that. Either he moves or he doesn't. But I believe that he is. But this morning while I was in my office, I remember and I just began to say it to him. I said, Lord, I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I can feel it on my face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. While we're singing that song, I want you to block everything else out. I want you to visualize the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will touch you. He will touch you. Sing with me.
1: Surely
0: know the song, would you just raise your voice? Come on.
1: The of
0: angels wing. Sometimes I think I hear from God and I'm not sure if it's me or if it's God. But if if I miss it, I want to miss it because I took a chance and it wasn't Him. I don't want to miss it because I'm scared. If there's anyone here who has a really sharp pain, I need to go back to biology class and learn my bones, <laughs> Like this. It's like right there. It's like right there on the right side. If it's on the left, don't come down. I want to be as specific as possible. Is it you? What's your name, sweetheart? Crystal, today's your day to get healed. Just raise your hand right where you're at. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus name of Jesus the name of Jesus the name of Jesus is there anyone here with your right kneecap if it's your left don't come down I want to know if I'm right or if I'm wrong is it it you sweetheart what's your name Sharon let me pray for you father in the name of Jesus name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, healing virtue, in the name of Jesus. I want to know if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I want to get even more specific, okay? You know how in the back of your leg, there's like the, you can see in the mirror, there's like these two uh, tendons. I don't know what they're called. What is it? It's, IT it's your IT band. I don't know. But it's, it's on the inside of your knee. If it's on the outside, don't come down. I want to know if I'm right. Is it you? It's on the inside. It's on the back inside right here. You can almost. Yes. Yes. Raise your hands in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus just the voices omar come on let me hear you in the name of jesus in the name of jesus if you know the song can i let's i want the lord to hear you come on i want the lord to hear you Come on, raise your voice, let me hear you. Just you guys sing, okay? Just you guys sing. Ready? Let's go. Surely. I just want to say a few things. The reason why she was allowed to do that is because they're on our teaching team. Just because you come to church here doesn't mean you can just yell out anything you want. She's on our teaching team, so she can do that. I had somebody call me last week, and they said, what is going on when people get emotional? It makes me very uncomfortable. I said, I understand. I get uncomfortable too. But when you read the scriptures and you read of the woman with the alabaster box, and she became incredibly emotional, the disciples got very uncomfortable. When Jesus did what he did, a lot of people had a big problem with it because they became uncomfortable. Raise your hand if you've ever cried while you're praying before. We prefer that to happen when we're alone. But if all of a sudden you invite his presence into a room and other people are there, what are you going to do? Say, not right now you invite the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up. If this church isn't for you, I have good news for you. There's 71 other churches in the woodlands. I know most of the pastors, they're good people. Would you just raise your hands? Holy Spirit, we're here because we're hungry for you. We don't want to just show up and hear a sermon and listen, sing three songs and walk out. We want to experience your presence. Are you with me? Would you say yes? We want to experience your presence. And as scary as it is, as uncomfortable as it is, as unsure as we are, Lord, we want to experience your presence.